Uh, you're listening to Radio Free Flint. This is Arthur Bush. We have a great, great program for you today. We have Ange Adamak, who is with an interesting project, a nonprofit in Detroit, which is called okay, Arts and Scraps. And Arts and Scraps, uh, as we're going to find out, takes basically recycled, recycled materials and they have turned recycled materials into this wonderful program in Detroit, which is in schools and which involves teaching youngsters uh, science and technology and math, also includes Flint. Ange, tell us what you do for uh, this organization and tell us a little about yourself first. So, Sure. Well, um, I'm Ange. I've been at Arts and Scraps for about seven years. I'm now the executive director, but I actually started there as an instructor um, teaching. I'd, I've worked with kids since I was one who kind of fell off in the first five years and she led it for about 27 years. She was a teacher herself and her husband worked for Ford and she was seeing how much stuff was being thrown away from these assembly lines. And she said, you know, I know teachers that could use materials like this in their classroom. I would love to take these materials from the scraps from assembly lines and get them in the hands of teachers. And so she actually started the community store in the basement of a church <laughs> for about five years. And, uh, and, and that's how it really began was, was just this store um, to be a resource to teachers. Well, very quickly they found that artists and entrepreneurs and families also wanted those materials. And so uh, in those first five years, um, because she was a teacher, they also asked Peg to start teaching. So they would say, you know, you have all these materials and you know how they work better than anybody else. Plus you have all these great ideas of how to use them. Will you do a birthday party? Will you work with my class, um, et cetera. So she started to create um, curriculum based around these materials. All throughout our history, we've had this very unique <laughs> educational philosophy based on you know, what Peg originated, what she started, because she really believed that students should be empowered to use their own ideas. You know, We want kids to like, be able to make good decisions, but we don't let them make <laughs> many decisions as they're growing up, right? Like, where are they getting those um, places to practice? Um, that's what that was. We really had, we use open-ended learning, art integration, critical thinking, problem-solving skills uh, to teach STEM through basically art integration. So- Okay, what's STEM? Science, technology, engineering, and math. All right. A lot of people start now to say STEAM, um, science, technology, engineering, art, and math, including art in that because it's so integral to teaching STEM. Um, that it's become really popular to mix the two together. You're using art to explain things like materials and the composition and, and how to manipulate the materials and so forth. So I usually stay with STEM for arts and scraps because we actually don't teach line and color and contrast and those things. We really are teaching science and math techniques through creativity. I'll give you an example. Um, my favorite of our curriculum is our space and alien kit. So with that one, we talk about what makes a planet a planet versus a star or moon, whatever else is up there. And we have the kids invent their own planet. So they have to think about what the characteristics of their planet will be. If it'll be far or close from the sun, what kind of atmosphere it'll have, how much gravity it'll have based on those things. 
And then we give them a bag of recycled materials and we ask them to create the alien that will live on their imaginary planet. So if it's a really hot planet that's close to the sun, maybe it'll have reflective skin so that it can survive. Or if it's a gaseous planet, maybe it has no bones. Maybe it's a completely floppy alien, you know? So they have to incorporate those characteristics into their creation. So it really helps them because those students are so empowered and passionate about their ideas and we're able to kind of make them come to life. Your organization. Yeah, so our community store um, is open, well, (laughs) in non-COVID times, it's open three days a week. Uh, We really strive to be kind of a community hub. It's a place where people from all over the city and suburbs come to get materials and find ideas. So One of my favorite things about the store is that it's all these different people from different walks of life talking to each other about their creative practice, about the materials that they're finding, about what they're going to do. Um, So many times someone will say, well, I came here to get, you know, uh, stuff for centerpieces for, you know, a baby shower, but I just don't even know what to do. And people will just jump right in and help and help figure out how to make it work for the theme or whatever it is. But we also have, you know, small business owners that tell us all the time that their business would not be able to work if they didn't have arts and scraps because we sell, quote unquote, our materials at a loss. We really work hard to make those materials as accessible as possible. Oh, sure. So we have a, um, a whole room of fabric. One of, our, one of our favorite friends are Steph and Ty, and they are hat makers uh, that live in Detroit. And they use almost exclusively um, recycled and reused fabric uh, to make all of their hats. And they're these wonderful pieces of art, honestly, that they sell in Detroit, in Chicago, in DC, in New York, Um, but most, almost all of their materials. And actually they don't only source from us. They sometimes go straight to the source that they know we get donations from, but they use things like samples from architectural businesses, interior designers and things like that to get these huge books of samples. Um, You know, you've probably seen them in retail settings, but they get new books of samples every three months and they have to throw the old ones away because the numbers won't be the same anymore. They actually really like those because they like to use kind of like upholstery fabric, which is super, super expensive. But if you're only using sample books and you're getting them from arts and scraps, you can make that work. So instead of paying $35 a yard, you're paying a dollar for an entire giant sample book. And then you're kind of patchworking um, these kind of really awesome artistic hats together. People come up with amazing ideas, much more amazing than I can come up with. Do you ever catalog any of these ideas? You know, we haven't. We've gathered stories over time of of folks that, you know, share what they make, um, but it's not necessarily been our practice. Well, in all honesty, there's just too many. We work with probably 7,000 people a year in our store and we don't always hear the stories either. But I will say our store folk are really good about keeping a list in their heads so that the next person that says, oh, I don't know what to do to build blah, blah, blah. They can say, well, I saw somebody else do this. So one of the things that's been most successful for us over the last couple of years is we've kind of created a Rolodex of people that need specific materials and those materials and where we get them from. So say if we have people that um, work with scrap wood and we have somebody that calls and says, you know, my frame bit framing business is closing. Can you take all of this wood? 
then we'll call our people that work with wood and say, hey, are you ready <laughs> for some more wood before we even accept the donation? That's been really helpful in being able to accept donations we know we'll be able to move as well as being able to resource folks. So then if somebody comes in and the opposite happens, an artist says, you know, I'm working on this really big project and I really need X, Y, Z. We kind of have a list of businesses that we can then call and say, hey, we have this artist that's doing this project. Do you happen to have any scrap that you could donate now rather than later and things like that? So kind of being a matchmaking business for our community and these businesses, because Lord knows we are never going to run out of garbage. So we might as well be the, the place that's placing. Yeah, and, and Arts and Scraps is part of a nationwide industry that's called creative reuse. Actually, Michigan is lucky. We have five or six different creative reuse centers across our state. Most states only have one if they're lucky. You know, part of that's probably related to the manufacturing that we have in our state as well. Um, because most of, of the creative reuse centers have both, like we work with about 200 businesses a year, but, and also countless, I mean, seriously, probably thousands of individuals, but that's what it takes in order to fill a store <laughs> with materials that then can be open to the community. You're just taking stuff they're throwing away yep. and putting it in your store and then and then you're make you're repurposing things. And and the amount, the the types of things are so um, unique and disparate. So we have everything from like, you know, fabric and paint and, and, you know, traditional artistic materials to seriously scraps from, uh, manufacturing processes. So we have like, um, we have something called sock loops. Well, that's what we call them. Um, what do you call them? We call them sock loops. They're, uh, the remnants from making new socks. They make the entire sock. And then when they sew up the toe where that seam is a tiny ring of fabric pops off and usually it's thrown away. Instead, it comes to arts and scraps. And honestly, we put those, thing, those things in every project we have. Industrial materials, as well as donations from individuals. We're not using those as much anymore. And so more and more, they're being thrown away. Well, instead of going to landfills, they come to us. The companies that you work, can you tell us the names of a few of these companies that have donated to you? Or, uh, you know, we're also kind of like where old media goes to die. I like to say, you know, we have VHS tapes and CDs and records and A tracks and you know all that hard media um, storage um, and people come up with all kinds of cool projects with that stuff. We have an artist that turns VHS tapes into lamps. Some of them would be so they change all the time, um, and actually some of them want us to say who they are and some of them don't. Well, tell, um, us, tell us the ones that we might know that don't mind if you say their name. Sure. Um, one of them is. Um, the Renaissance Center, TFC uh, Center downtown, they both have zero waste policies, which means that they try to find ways to recycle pretty much everything that they have come in their door that they're not going to use. So they have kind of a special room where they put stuff that they think, oh, this could probably have an actual use instead of going to the recycling center. So about once or twice a year, they call us to come pick through and see what we think that we can put into the store. And that's that's actually one that's a, really a joy. Um, we one time got a call from the actual border. Um, they have a warehouse of stuff that was shipped through the border and no one came to get it. Uh, one of our favorite donations was, there's like these little stretchy bands that were super popular with kids a couple of years ago. And there was like four pallets of those things. Oh my gosh, the kids we work with went crazy for those. 
Um, we've also received things from Quicken Loans uh, downtown in Detroit. They have our misprints or overprint and gave us all of their materials that they didn't need anymore. So it's everything from like the keys to um, like the labels for the brands, uh, even a couple of the actual accordion pieces. I read someplace where the, the amount of material that you take in is in the tons. Yes, absolutely. And actually, we we feel like that that number is probably low, what we put out, but we decide we'd rather be low than higher than it is. Um, so we usually say between 28 and 30 tons a year is immense. I think you indicated that you got a grant for some of this. Oh, yeah. So we, we work with um, local foundations um, as well as um, individual donors. Um, but actually, Arts and Scraps, well, not in 2020, but historically, Arts and Scraps is usually 50 to 60% self-sustainable. So um, a lot of our programs, not all, but a lot of our programs are fee-for-service. They're very inexpensive, <laughs> but they're fee-for-service. And then our store brings in some income. And so uh, we actually have a pretty high percentage of, of uh, supporting ourselves. Yeah, we do work with several foundations a year. So Kresge and Herb um, have supported us for over 10 years. Um, we've been working with the Fisher Foundation, uh, Max and Marjorie Fisher Foundation for the last couple of years on a after school program out in the Brightmore neighborhood for the last two years. Um, that's been a joy for us, several others. Do you have a large staff? It depends what you count as large. <laughs> we do have four full-time staff um, and about 10 to 12 part-time staff, depending on uh, what's going on. We're a little bit lower right now. Um, but we have a few folks that work in the store. Uh, we have two folks that run our entire warehouse. Uh, we have a person that uh, coordinates all of our materials. Um, we have a person that coordinates our uh, vehicles and all of the kits for our programs. And then um, we have instructors. And so those instructors, uh, that number fluctuates based on uh, how many programs we have, which changes based on the time of the year, honestly. <laughs> so do you run classes in connection to the retail store? We do. We, we have classes. We have a classroom at our store um, and we do classes either at our home base or we go straight into the classroom in the schools. So we do both. Um, we actually have what's called our scrap mobile, um, which is basically our store on wheels. And uh, there's like 25 materials for kids to pick from. It's all in big bulk bins. So when we go to a school, instead of... Do you, where's your store located again? I, on the far east side of Detroit. We're right off of 94 at Harper, um, just south of the border between D Detroit and Gross Point. So do you primarily work with the Detroit public schools or do you have other districts that you work with? So we, uh, in a typical year, work about 50% in the city and 50% out of the city. And we travel in about a three hour radius to where we are. So we do go to Flint, we go to Saginaw, we go to Jackson, um, we go kind of all over <laughs> Southeast-ish Michigan. Um, but yeah, about 50% of our programs are in the city it, itself. And all of our um, grant-based programs are in Detroit. In terms of the, the businesses and so forth, do you ever consult with the businesses and say, well, you know, you could be saving this or you could be saving... Yeah, so when we um, begin a relationship with an or with another organization or corporation or whoever it is, our materials coordinator goes and does a tour of their facility. 
and he'll go through and tell them kind of this is what we can use and this is what we can't you know arts and scraps is kind of a hard place for people to understand especially if you're not in the art or education world so they'll sometimes think one thing will be perfect and we're like uh no we can't take that because we have to have everything in our store be safe for three-year-olds and up um, because we have families and usually classes of students walking around our store at all times so it has to be clean has to be safe and our third requirement which is a little bit more uh subjective is it has to be cool <laughs> so we'll actually go through you know if it's a a warehouse or um, even just a business and kind of tell them this is what we can use, this is what we can't. And then it's up to them to decide what they want to give us and what they don't. Um, and if they want to just give you cash, which is always the best thing uh, and allow you then for your operations expenses, are they able to do that? You have a nonprofit that's tax deductible? Yes, absolutely. And we do have some um, organizations like we've worked with Ford and GM both for years and years, and we've received donations from them, but we've also received grants and things like that from them as well. Yeah, they do. Although, you know, both of them have been working for about 10 years to find ways to have less of that <laughs> and, you know, find creative ways to reuse it, um, whether it's reuse it within their own um, supply chain or supply line or find ways to use it out in the community. So, and, and really that's part of your success, isn't it? If you find companies that can take a look at some of the things that you've done, they can see value where they only saw garbage. Exactly, yes. I mean, honestly, when I think back, when we started in 1989, recycling was barely a thing. And uh, I can't imagine Peg having to go to these companies and convince them, well, if you give me your stuff, then you pay less um, garbage fees. I mean, that's the only thing she had in her back pocket to really convince folks. Um, but now it's just such a different, different world. So, because really what you're saying is you're not only uh, using the things that they were going to cast off to help them save money, but you're also helping uh, the future, which is our kids, to explore their world. Yes. Yeah. And I will also say we've, we now have served over 2 million children. Um, and I can't tell you because that learning sticks so much, um, so many of those students come back to us and say, I remember when you were in my class and I have remembered what I learned from you that I now creatively reuse and I now am big on recycling and you guys kind of shaped that part of who I am. We have, um, we call them arts and scraps alumni when they've been in our classes or shopped at our store regularly as kids. And uh, we have Arts and Scraps alumni on our staff, on our board, um, and, and folks tell me all the time, <laughs> we're, we're actually hiring for a position right now. And I've got, I don't know, four candidates that told me all these stories that they remember about coming to Arts and Scraps and how it shaped them growing up. One other thing that I found really fascinating about your group, you have scholarship programs for people who wanna take classes that may not be able to you know, afford it. Yes. You also do a lot of work with the disabled. Yeah. Tell us, tell us about that. So um, one, one of the kind of core tenets of Arts and Scraps is accessibility, whether it's that ideas should be free or that anybody should be able to access our programs. And so um, very early on, we started creating scholarships so that if, if a school did not have the funding to bring us, we could still go. On the other side, working with adults with disabilities, we have been doing that 
basically since the beginning of Hearts and Scraps existing. So there's lots and lots of programs for folks who are um, 18 to 25 that are centered in on teaching work skills, life skills, all those different things. And, and a lot of the time in those um, programs, they have to teach how to keep your concentration while doing something repetitive. Sometimes they'll have to fold a piece of paper that is blank and put it into an envelope that is blank, do that a thousand times, and then take them out again. <laughs> and that's how they're teaching that life skill. And instead of doing that, they get a box of sock loops from Arts and Scraps and we have them defuzz those sock loops and they know that those materials are going to go into the hands of children and help educate folks. We um, typically are working with 10 to 15 groups uh, from across uh, Southeast Michigan that work with adults with disabilities. Now, if somebody wants to volunteer with your organization, how would they go about making a contact? So right now, I would suggest just emailing us. Um, I would email volunteers at artsandscraps.org. And you've told us some really cool things. I mean, you create, create such a synergy of energy and creativity. It's amazing. The biggest thing for Arts and Scraps is that what we've done kind of unconsciously and now we're doing consciously is we really want to try and create a community hub. We really want to be a place for people to go and get their stuff and their ideas but we also wanna be a resource to the communities. Finding ways that we can connect folks, that we can connect things that need to be out there. Um, so if there's people out there that are thinking, oh man, I really wanna do XYZ project. And this sounds like um, who I'd wanna work with. You know, definitely reach out to us. We're always looking for new partners in the community. Yeah. In your case, people can donate and you, you, you're not selling other than, you said you sell at a loss. Yeah, we do. Um, most of our materials are sold by the bag. So you can get a grocery size bag, a bulk bag for $8 or a lunch size bag for $4.50. But that grocery size bag actually costs us about $10 to put together. I would like to thank you for joining me and to explaining your program and uh, how you operate. So once again, if people want to get a hold of your organization, it's... Well, I recommend just going to the website. Um, all of our contact information for whatever you're looking at is on there. Um, we'll have clickable links for whatever you're looking for. So our, our website is www.artsandscraps.org. And one of the things your organization has on your website are videos. Yeah. What, why should somebody come to your site? What will they see in terms of videos? I would say um, the biggest thing is you're going to kind of get a full, um, I mean, maybe if you've listened to this podcast, you're going to have heard it all, but you kind of get the full story of Arts and Scraps. You'll also see things um, that you haven't seen this interview, like what those sock loops look like or, um, you know, what our materials and our store look like. Um, we've got like a full Google walkthrough on there so you can see the store itself. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Ange. I appreciate the time you spent with us. I wish you the best as you continue to uh, work with the people in Southeast Michigan, not only to clean up their environment, uh, but also to educate their children. Well, we really appreciate you having us on and, and letting us talk about our program. Thank you. Take care now.